0: Hey big boxers, welcome to On The Shelf, a program that is dedicated to helping you get your products into a major big box retailer. Tim here with you as always, looking forward to talking to you today. No guests are on the program today, it's going to be just me. Haven't done that in a while and I'm looking forward to dispensing some information. I've been compiling for just a little bit based on comments, questions, and actually speaking directly to buyers over the last couple months. I have some cool information that I wanted to share with you, and I'm looking forward to doing that. Hey, quick note though, I'm on my way next week. I think I'm leaving on Friday. By the time you hear this, it may actually be the same week. So Friday of the week that we're in, leaving for Ambiente in Germany. I have never been to the largest houseware show on the planet. And I'm very much looking forward to doing that. If you are a listener, if you're a big boxer and you're going to be at Ambiente, please reach out to me so that we can meet up. I would love to meet you in person. I may record a podcast on the floor of Ambiente. I don't know how loud it's going to be, so I'm going to have to check that out. But that would be cool. I would love to bring you a podcast directly from the floor there at the show. And so we'll see how that works out. Today, we're going to talk about two different concepts, okay? One is questions that buyers may ask you. These are fairly generic questions, boilerplate questions that might come from a buyer. We're going to talk about how you might answer those. And then in contrast to that, we're also going to talk about questions that buyers are thinking about, but they're not going to ask you. And the reason that's important is because what the buyers are really thinking but not asking are the questions that you really wanna answer. So let's get into it. My first question that may come from a buyer either over the phone or on a sit down face to face is gonna be, what are your current sales? You may have already been asked this question by a buyer. You may have already been sitting across from a buyer knowing that your sales are not much, and they say, hey, you know, what's your sales volume? So this particular question might throw you, and it shouldn't. I just want you to be honest here, okay? I don't want you to embellish. It's too easy for buyers to really find out what's going on. We used to be able to say, oh, yeah, we're doing this on Amazon, but there's multiple ways that a buyer can actually check your approximate sales rate on Amazon So that's not a good strategy. You don't want to come off as an embellisher or even a liar. So I want you to be honest. If you haven't sold one unit, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to be honest with you. You shouldn't be in front of a buyer right now, okay? If your product is not vetted, if you haven't sold at least 200 pieces, either through your own website or on Amazon, you actually don't have any data on what the customers think of it how the customers are viewing it if there's any major issues okay i know that you think the product's great i know that your family thinks that the product's great you have to have some independent analysis that you can share with the buyer so before you book that appointment make sure that you have some sales a couple hundred units that way if there's some issue with your product something that the consumers aren't liking, after 200 units, you're going to hear about it. But the last thing that you want to have happen is to sell several container loads and have there be an issue. Okay, so if you don't have any sales, stop what you're doing, stop reaching out to buyers, get your product on Amazon, get it on a website and start promoting it. Let's get some sales that way. If you do have some sales, let's say they're on Amazon, a couple other websites, maybe your website. Break it down for the buyer. Let them know where you've been selling, how that product is ramped up. Here's a good thing that you can do that sounds better than, yeah, we've sold 500 units, okay? You know, talk about your growth rate, month over month or year over year. If you're growing, if you're doubling or tripling your sales every month as you start to ramp up, that sounds way better than 500 units. Yep, we've been on Amazon about three or four months and we've doubled our sales every single month. That could be, I sold one last month, and now I sold two, you doubled your sales. Now, hopefully again, if you've only sold two, you're not in front of a buyer, but it sounds better if you talk percentages, it sounds better if you talk in terms of growth rate. If the buyer presses you for numbers, just give them an approximate. Hey, yep, you know, we sold approximately 500 units, we've had you know 50 reviews, this is what the customers are saying about our product. Don't say we've sold 500 units and then pause, and let them you know, respond to that. We've sold 500 units, we've had you know, 75 reviews. This is pretty much what our customers are telling us right now. This is what they're liking most about the product so that you kind of move on from your number to what it means, to what customers are saying and why they're liking it. It's an entire response, not just it's a number and then let them respond. Does that make sense? So the key here is be honest. If you don't have any sales, go get some sales first. If you have sales, talk about it in terms of growth rate and percentage so that the buyer knows that your product is progressing. Even if it's progressing slowly, it's still progressing. If they want to know numbers, talk about that, but also talk about your customers and what they love about the product. Okay. If you have any questions on that, feel free to reach out. You know that there's a million different ways that you can do that now with On The Shelf Now. so We have Facebook. We have a closed Facebook group. We have Twitter. We have Instagram. We have a million different things. All right, next question. How are you promoting your item? Super important question. And this is something actually buyers really want to know and they're going to ask. So if you're not promoting your item, don't be in front of a buyer. If you don't have any social presence, don't be in front of a buyer. If you're not actively boosting posts and promoting your product in the social sphere, don't be in front of a buyer you need to get that started you need to be out there promoting your own product i know for some suppliers it feels like sales is the final frontier i've done everything and now i just need to sell this product getting your product ready for sale is only halfway through the game big boxers it's only halfway through the game You then have to start promoting it. Then you then have to start pitching it. You then have to get it up on some e-commerce sites and actually start selling it. Getting your product made and delivered to the US is only 50% of the way there. And when a buyer asks how you're promoting it, you need to be ready with, well, we have this many followers, we're on this many platforms, we sell on our own site, we sell on Amazon, we sell through Facebook, we sell through Instagram. We do all these different things. And this is what our growth rate of followers is. This is what our engagement rate is on Facebook and Instagram. And this is how many times people comment on our post and on who we're connected to. That's a big one. You know, if you have a certain product that has groups out there, whether they're organizations or groups on Facebook, if you can connect to those, that's huge. You can say these are who the people and groups that we're actually connected to and promoting through. Be ready for that and knock it out of the park. If you're not doing any of the stuff I just mentioned, you gotta start doing it. And if you need help with that, again, reach out. We have uh, people that handle social media and we can get you connected to them. All right, next question. Do you have domestic stock available? This is a tricky question and sometimes I think buyers ask it just to trip you up, especially if you're an international supplier trying to bring your products here to the US. Do you have domestic stock available? You might just think, hey, I'm going to be honest and say no, and then all of a sudden the buyer is like, "Eh, okay, interview's over, we need you to have domestic stock. Well, here's what I tell international suppliers all the time when that question comes up. Push it back on the buyer and ask them if they like your product. You sitting down with a buyer is for one reason and one reason only, and that's to get interest in your product. That's it, people. You're not gonna make a sale right there with the Walgreens buyer in their office. That's not gonna happen. What you're there for is to get interest from the buyer. And so if they ask you some qualifying questions before they even tell you if they're interested, push it back on them and ask them, are you interested? Is this product interesting to you? Do you think your customers would embrace it? If they say yes, then you can say, yeah, well, I can have a domestic product here in the US in two weeks. You know, produce some products, get it into a 3PL, and bam, you have a domestic product available. That's not a problem. That's not a disqualifier. Don't just say, no, we don't have it. Now, a lot of retailers require domestic product, even if they're going to buy containers directly from your factory, wherever that is. They want to have you be nimble. If they need to shoot product over to one store, they want to be able to draw from domestic stock. Okay, so don't think that you're gonna get away with just containers from origin. I talk to a lot of suppliers that tell me, I don't want orders unless they're full containers coming from my factory, prepaid, no terms, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's not US retail people. That's not how it works here. They're gonna to wanna to test it. So that's not gonna be a full container unless you're talking to somebody like Target that they're gonna test it in maybe 300 locations. That could be a full container, but generally, if you're talking about costco we're just talking 10 pallets 10 warehouses that's not going to be a full container so you're going to have to bend to what they want they're not going to change their mind and if you're just rigid i only want to sell containers and i want it to be prepaid and blah 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 guess what you're not going to sell product here in the us okay you're not apple you don't have the next unless you have the next iphone i don't know we could be talking to people that have the next iphone i don't know But retailers don't bend for just one vendor, especially if they didn't come to you. If you went to them and they didn't come to you, you're on the hook for doing what they want. So I'm trying to tell you that you need to have some domestic stock. And so I would start researching some 3PLs. One of the ones that I've used in the past, smart warehousing. You can connect with them. They have, I think, eight different warehouses across the US. Two of those have refrigeration for things that need to be kept cold so you can check them out. Domestic stock. Hey, big boxers. Just a quick announcement from TLB Consulting. Are you looking to scale your business this year? Are you looking to get your products on the shelf of a retailer this year? Well, guess what? Booking a coaching call with me has never been easier. I know based on the past 10 years of working with clients that it can be difficult to be a solopreneur. It can be difficult to scale your business into territory that you've never been to. That's why I have opened up more slots this year than I've ever done before. One of my goals this year is to work with more clients, more solopreneurs, more Big boxers looking to get their products into retail than ever before. I want to work directly with you and share my experiences over the last 25 years of getting products into retail. I want to share those experiences with you. I want to talk to you from a place of somebody who's been there, and I want to help you get to where I've gone. Like I said, it's never been easier. All you have to do is go to TLBConsulting.com, click on Consulting. And then choose the time or the bundle that you want and get it scheduled. Let's kick off 2020 with a bang. Let's get you the information that you need. I'm looking forward to meeting you. Don't just say no. All right. Let's see. What's your MOQ? What is your minimum order quantity? It's going to depend on who you're talking to. You know, if you're talking to a specialty retailer, just get the product in there. Don't be worried about how much they're buying, okay? If your product is going to sell and sell well, they're going to order a small amount and then they're going to run out and then they're going to want more and then the more and then more and they're going to buy to trend. If you're talking to a big retailer, set your first MOQ at one pallet. One pallet of product, single SKU, okay? So if they're buying two SKUs, it's two pallets. But don't be so worried about making this massive MOQ. I was working with a client a year or so ago and they hadn't had an order. It wasn't a small retail. I think they had 26 locations, but they hadn't had an order in a while. So I called the buyer and the buyer told me that out of their 26 locations, I think seven of them were completely out of the product, but they still couldn't hit the minimum order quantity. I mean, my mind exploded right there. Boom, my brain, boom. What do you mean? I said, I don't care what the order quantity is. Just send me an order. We can't have stores out of stock because if you know, as well as I do, just think about your own personal shopping habits. If you like a product and you go back to that store that you bought it at and they don't have it, okay, you're probably going to brush that off. You know what? Next time I'm here, I'll pick it up. You go back again, they still don't have it. You're going somewhere else. That's the bottom line. Nobody has the patience these days to go back 10 times to a store that doesn't have it. You're starting to think, hey, they don't carry it anymore. I'll give you a good example. Zarbies is a product that our family really likes especially during cold season all of a sudden target stopped carrying it the one for adults and so we went back multiple times we kept thinking we're going to see it we're going to see it we're going to see it and then eventually no so we just buy it off amazon now we don't even look for it at target anymore because we just don't have the patience to go in and not be able to have it so sometimes moqs can kill you so don't be so wrapped up in that if your product sells well they're going to start ordering to trend and MOQs aren't even going to be a factor for you anymore. So don't disqualify yourself with large MOQs. All right. Last question that buyers may ask you in a sit down or over the phone. Actually, I have two more. Sorry. Where's the product for sale? This is probably a question that you already answered up in, you know, what are your sales? You probably talked about the different places that your products for sale. Make sure it's more than two. Okay. Make sure it's more than two. Your website and Amazon, if you can get one more retailer in there, even if it's a specialty retailer, it's the drugstore down the street, or it's another e-commerce website, everybody pretty much thinks that you're going to have it on your own website and on Amazon. So try to get one more retailer in there before you go sit down with a buyer. And then last question, tell me what's unique about this product. Now, you know, if you're a longtime listener to the podcast, I talk extensively about uniques and what makes your product different. That is more important than ever before. There's so many products out there. There's so many variations. And Amazon has just created this avalanche of people taking variations off of other products. And so everything has one more unique than the other one before. But you really have to understand your market. You really have to understand your customers and what they want. You really have to understand your product and what it's up against so that you can identify your key uniques and what's different about your product and why it makes sense to put it on the shelf of their retailer before you sit down with the buyer. This is not something that you can think about or the buyer says, hey, what are your uniques? And you're like, well, uh, mm, uh, no. When they say what are the uniques about your product, what makes it different, bam, you need to just have those. Boom, 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 boom. This is why customers are loving it. Okay. You cannot pause there. You have to know your product inside and out. It has to be imprinted on the back of your eyelids. Got it? Now we're going to get into some interesting things that buyers are actually thinking, but they may not ask you. And although it's important to answer the questions that they ask, and by the way, answer them exactly as they ask them. You know, so often you see in politics, you know, somebody will ask a politician a question and they never answer the actual question. They just, they have these set answers that they want to answer, but they don't actually answer the question that was asked. And that's super frustrating. You just answer the question. So when you're asked a question by a buyer, make sure that you answer the question. And then you can always follow up and say, did that answer your question? And then they confirm that it did. And boom, you're on your way. The questions that I'm going to talk about now may not come out of the buyer's mouth, but this is what they're thinking. And so this has to be part of your pitch. Imagine if they're thinking these things in their head and then you, integrate them into your pitch they are going to be overjoyed okay man it seemed like that person was reading my mind all right so again questions that buyers are thinking but they might not be asking number 1 can your product handle being in our building and there's all kinds of different ways to ask this question but what a buyer's really wondering is are you prepared to do sales in my business Big or small, tall or short, whatever it is, they're always wondering are you going to let them down? Are you going to fail with logistics? Are you going to fail with pricing? Okay. They want to know if they bring you in, are you up to the task? So, one of the things that you can do and work into your pitch is you can say something like, Now I we know we're just getting started, or we've been on the market a year, or we've been on the market two years. And so, you might be wondering, are we capable of handling the volume that might come from being in Target? And you know, here's what we have in place. Here's our manufacturing. Here's our monthly capability, uh, production capability. Here's our logistics that we already have set in place. Here's our warehousing. Here's our, you know, who we're using as carriers. Anything that you can think of that will put their mind at ease that you already thought of all the things that it's going to take to actually do successful business in their building. Something that they're going to think about, but they might not ask you. All right. Number two, and I only have three of these guys. I'm trying to build on this list talking to buyers. So I'm trying to, you know, hopefully eventually I might have 10 things that they're thinking in their head that they're not asking you that if you can actually integrate into your pitch, you're going to just kill it. So number two, how is your product going to grow my category? Okay. So there's a couple things buyers think about all the time, and that's not necessarily your product or I know you think your product is so cool, but they see cool products all the time, all right? You have to understand that. You talking to the buyer is not generally going to rock their world, even if they say it does, even if they say, man, this is the coolest product that I've ever seen. Two minutes after you leave, they're gonna sit down with somebody else. They're gonna have the coolest product that they've ever seen. One of the things that you can do to stand out is you can talk about the overall category, trends in the category. How is your product being on the shelf of their retailer? Going to bring in new business how is it going to grow the overall category if it's just another take on what they already have then it's just going to split the business some people will buy your product some people will stick with the original product that's not growth what they want to know is how are you going to bring new customers into my category who are those new customers why will they come in why do you think that that will be growth again this is a question that they're thinking when they're looking at your product ever wonder while you have this great presentation and the buyer really likes your product, then you never hear from them again. Or you email them and they don't respond to you. That's because they've already decided as cool as your product is, it's not gonna create category growth, okay? And it's not their job to figure that out. It's their job to put products into their lineup that will grow their category. So if they don't think that your product's gonna grow the overall category, all of a sudden, radio silence. So I know that's happened to you. It's happened to me. I had to learn this the hard way. You have to work into your presentation. They're not going to ask you, hey, how's this going to grow my category? Maybe they will. Sometimes buyers ask that to me because we have a relationship. Tim, hey, I see this product's cool, but overall, how's it going to create growth? They may ask me that because we have that relationship. If this is the first time you've seen this buyer, they're not going to ask you that. They're going to think it though. So you can say something like, you may be wondering, you know, how's this product going to actually grow your overall category? Well, here's what I think. Boom, 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 boom. And you tell it to them. Again, first you told them how your logistics are going to kill it, how you're ready to do business in big retail. Then you tell them how you're going to grow the category. Now you really have this buyer's attention, okay? They're now leaning forward. They're hanging on every word that you're saying. You've answered the boilerplate questions. Now you're telling them things that they really want to know. They're loving it. All right, finally, how will you help me hit my margin targets? Remember, sometimes we look at buyers are like, oh, the buyer, I finally talked to the buyer. They're just people who have bosses, who have targets that they have to hit. Just like you have sales goals, they have sales goals. They have margin goals. They have inventory goals. And they're not always looking just at your product and how cool it is. Again, they're thinking about their overall business. They have a business to run. Their category is a business. I mean, when I talked to, and this was years ago, when I talked to the small appliance buyer at Costco, at that moment, this was years ago, her business was $600 million. That is a business, people, that's a business. And I'm sure it's way bigger than that now, but she's thinking about running her overall business, not just about my one product. So how are you going to help me hit my margin goals? And this is where you're gonna talk about pricing. This is where you're gonna talk about dead net, or you're gonna talk about, you know we're prepared to give you this much margin, and this is what our trend pricing is, this is where you can bring the product out at and how you can beat the market and still make X amount of margin and you grow the margin overall in your category. Sometimes you're gonna be right on here. Sometimes you're gonna be off and they're gonna say, hey, you know, giving me 51 points of margin is not growing my margin. My margin average is 62. Don't be back on your heels at that point. Do not even show, don't even blink when a buyer says that. Don't let that rock you. Just say, okay, well, let me rerun my numbers, see if there's any efficiencies I can take into account that we can help you hit that and even beat that so that you can start growing your margin overall in your category. Be prepared that the buyer may say something that you don't know the answer to. That's okay. Don't let it rock you. Don't sit back in your seat. Don't slump and let your shoulders fall. Don't do any of that. And let the buyer know that you're gonna take a look at that and you will be back to them and be back to them in within 24 hours. Okay. Don't let it rock you. All right. So recapping those, you know, what do buyers really want to know, but they're not going to ask you, they want to know, can you handle being in their building? They want to know how's your product going to grow their category. And then they want to know how your product is going to help them in their gross margin. Like I said, I'm going to try to grow this list because I want to know what buyers are thinking in their head when they're talking to prospective suppliers. I know there's a million things running around in their head, Some of which may just be their next meeting, lunch. What are they going to do tomorrow? What are they going to do on the weekend? We can't help them with those. We're definitely not going to go to a buyer meeting and say, Hey, I looked up your area and I have a couple suggestions for fun things for you to do on the weekend. No, we're not going to do that. But we do want to be prepared with some of the things we know that they're thinking about business wise that they're not necessarily going to talk to us about. So on my end, I'm constantly talking to buyers and I want to put together this list and keep growing this list. But for now, if you just did those three, Believe me, you are going to be head and shoulders above the rest. Okay. Head and shoulders above the rest. All right. Good information, guys and gals. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. It was fun just to let loose and talk to you. I know that the guests we have on the show are awesome, but sometimes I just like to, you know, chat, right? And I wish I could hear your feedback back, but I can't. You're in your car, you're cooking dinner, whatever it is you're doing. So I can't hear from you. So the only way I can hear what you think and how this information is affecting you is if you reach out. If you reach out on one of the different platforms and ask a question or make a comment or tell us what you think or give us an experience that you had, that's the only way. We're actually having a conversation right now. Just the only difference is I can't hear you. I can only hear me. And so I want you to reach out and add to the conversation. Give back to the podcast. One of the ways that you can support the podcast is by giving back to it with your information what you think, what you're doing, what you're struggling with. That's what the podcast needs this year is more interactive from the big boxers out there that are in the day-to-day fight. What are you guys fighting against right now? How are you feeling right now? When's the last time you spoke to a buyer and what did they say? Let's start getting together on this, okay? Our Facebook closed group on the shelf now is a great place to go and start putting some of this stuff out there, okay? You can also go to ontheshelfnow.com and actually comment on the post and create a thread there. That's a great place also. If your question or comment is a little bit more private, maybe there's some proprietary information in there, of course, you can just reach out to me. My email, tim at ontheshelfnow.com. But we definitely want to hear from you. That's how the podcast is going to grow. All right, that's all I have for you guys today. Again, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you supporting the podcast. And until next time, I look forward to seeing your products on the shelf.